Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. All right, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. This is Friday, and so it's Q&A. It's our favorite time of the week. And today our special guest is Evita. Um, Evita, we're going to take full advantage of the fact that you are here today. So we're going to get to some questions. You have some questions for me about my time at the border. Um, but I want to take advantage of Evita here because Evita always fills me in on all of the TikTok um, and social media trends that are so fascinating and, and actually so very deeply and profoundly rooted in what is going on in the culture. Um, you know, a lot of times it's easy to sort of dismiss TikTok um, and Instagram videos and everything happening on social media as also trivial. Much of it is, but some of it gives us a really interesting window into what is happening in culture and youth culture in particular. And so um, let's let's get into that. Um, do you want? Should we start with the TikTok trends? Do you want to start with your question to me at the border? Up to you. <laughs> um, once you hit the border, we'll get that out of the way. We've done a lot of border stuff this week. Yeah. Wow. So I, I think just for the just for the podcasters, just to tell everybody, first of all, where you were. And then, um, like, wh- what did you encounter? Because there's a really viral video. Elon Musk commented on it. It's got, like, like almost it's 30 like, million views. I mean, there's something. Th- th- no, I think we're getting close to 4 million views. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was that bad. I thought it was a crazy amount. No, no but I, I mean, I think four, almost 4 million views is, is a lot of views. Um, and a lot of it, like, people with influence like Elon Musk um, and others have been retweeting it. And so it's getting a lot of play. Um, so what happened is I went down to Tucson, Arizona, uh, Fox and Friends sent me down. Um, our main goal was we were going to go down to a part of the border, an area on an Indian reservation um, that is on uh, on the border with Mexico, south of Tucson, that we would be able to encounter illegal migrants as they're walking into our, our country, but before they meet up with Border Patrol. Because once they, and, and they're turning themselves into Border Patrol, they're waiting for Border Patrol to get to them in this soft shelter that's been set up. And so if we can, if we talk to them before Border Patrol arrives, we're allowed to talk to them. Once Border Patrol it, it makes eye contact with them, by federal law, I am no longer allowed to speak with them. They are in control of Border Patrol. So I got to go do that, and that was fascinating. Um, in and of itself. But the night before, I, I came in and I had heard through, you know, I talked to Congressman Andy Biggs and he had told me about a 
um, a, 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 an NGO, a non-governmental organization called Casalitas. We had talked about one that is it. Is it Catholic? It's affiliated with Catholic charities, and we had, there had been several people so that had bad news. Yeah, we had several people that had heard, told us about this one hotel, um, but. People have tried to get in. Congressman Tom Tiffany famously did a, a, a video. So did James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. They, they did videos trying to get in, but there were fences around. So they could go nowhere. The people, the security told them, get out. Um, by the time we got there, Casa Alitas did not want any media. They cleared the place out. Imagine the logistics of moving an entire motel of people, used to be a Ramada, um, and they moved them out and the place was deserted. And so I decided I was going to find out where they were at. And um, I got a tip that they might be at a hotel that's on the strip by the airport in Tucson where there's a lot of different hotels. And so I went, we were, if you it took us 10 minutes. Okay. We drove down, we see all these different hotels, um, but I see one in the middle of them that has no signage, kind of like the one I had just seen that was empty, and all the shades are pulled, but you can see little bits of, of, of light, light coming through. I'm like, so sketch. I told my producer, yeah, super sketchy. I'm like, this looks sketchy. This has got to be it. So we pull in, get my, my cameraman who was amazing we call him nate the great and my producer ariel um there with me and we just move really quickly because we can see there's doors and we're just going to act like we belong there so we move in we go right to the and i act like i want to get a hotel room i say hey can i can i rent a room and immediately everyone freaks out panic ensues um they want to, to kick us out. They, the best part was when they said, we're going we're to call the cops. And then you were like, please do. I said, please do. But what I really <laughs> should have said, Evita, was I'm going to call the cops on you. Yeah. Because everybody in that hotel is involved in human trafficking because nobody yes. crosses the border without having been trafficked by a cartel. Our borders are run and operated by cartels. Our border patrol does not control our border. All that our border patrol is doing is processing people that the cartels have given permission to cross over to. It's absolutely the sickest, weirdest system you can ever imagine. And, then and you, you brought up something that was super interesting. They don't DNA test um, families that come over the border. So no. you don't know if this, this little girl that this guy is with is actually her dad. That's correct. In fact, when your dad was in Congress, Republicans were fighting for DNA. So we can find out that every child, because some are coming unaccompanied, but others are coming with groups and so-called were worried about their privacy. Yeah, Democrats <laughs> said, no, we can't DNA test the ones who are coming alone, who are being connected to adults with names tied, you know, attached to their clothing. Um, we cannot DNA and make sure that the adult is related to the child. And those that are in family, so-called family units, we can't DNA test to find out if they, so really weird because that is like yeah. inviting sexual trafficking of children super crazy women um and women as well um so immediately we were kicked out of that place um the next morning we had gotten a tip later that night that there would be another bus coming the next morning dropping people off and we wanted to catch that so we came at 5 30 in the morning the next morning before we headed off to the border went back to that hotel the security guard had changed at that point there was a really aggressive from a, from an old guy to a big aggressive mean guy and he accosted our cameraman he threw his phone he um then when we started to go towards our car another man 
who had also come from out of that building, a black man wearing a mask started throwing rocks at our vehicle. They, they didn't just hit our vehicle. They hit the congressman's vehicle, which I would imagine is a felony um, because you can't do that to a, a federal officer, a federal elected member of Congress. Um, and then through a, a brick at our congressman, I mean, our, at our cameraman, um, almost hitting him. So that was an entirely bizarre experience that left us going, wow, if you are proud of the work that you do at an NGO, at a temporary housing unit for illegal immigrants, you should be opening the doors, making sure everyone gets to see what's going on, um, and you should be proud of your work. So they are obviously good. doing things that the American taxpayer did not pay for, do not want them to do, that they can't get passed through laws. It's illegal. It's totally illegal what they're doing. And um, and and again, the lesson I got, and I've been saying this all week on, on television when I've been booked, is NGOs are not charities. I don't care if they're affiliated with um, Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities is now an NGO that is basically a shadow bureaucracy, a shadow piece of our government doing things that we did not elect them to do, that they are they are allowed to do through through this uh, giving them funds through our government that we don't know what how much and honestly when you give money at church i, I hate to say this but 100% you you're right you do not know where it's going oftentimes when you do the diocesan appeal they have all their charities and it can go to fun places like casa alitas and you just think you're raising money for your school you know your church roof and it's going to the destruction of your own country so that's true but i would say that that the vast majority of the money that's going towards housing and 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 then flying out these um because they the, the ngos also act as travel agents on our yep. taxpayer money um and and they're doing the work of the cartels because when the cartels charge and i asked these people i got a range uh, anywhere from three to twelve thousand dollars when i asked the the illegal immigrants how much they pay to get over but included in that cost of transporting them over the border is this free bus ticket or free plane ticket that we pay for. We are absolutely working hand in glove with the cartels, getting people over the border and over to all kinds of places all over the United States. So um, I would say, while it's true that the money you donate at church could go to these NGOs, my guess is most of their money is coming from us, from the taxpayer, and that these NGOs have become absolutely addicted addicted to this money. Yeah. And so that's why you see no whistleblowers, Evita, coming out of these NGOs. The whistleblowers are other people um, not affiliated with the NGOs who are yep. calling the alarm on what's happening. Another so. way that it's funded is is the UN is a very um, yes. nefarious entity here. They, so they, so it won't say UN, but there'll be UN NGOs that are facilitating actually not just what they do when they get to our country, but sometimes they're even involved in having them physically cross the border. So there's the cartels acting in that capacity. I guess apparently in this, this is reports, um, whistleblowers saying that the UN is doing this also. And of course, we fund the United Nations, yeah. the vast majority of it. So. No, no, we absolutely have proof that at, at least deep into the, the, the pipeline, you know, in Colombia, in, in, in Panama, in, in Guatemala, all the way along these paths, Venezuela, the UN, um, which is mostly funded by American taxpayer dollars, is housing, providing maps, connecting these, um, these illegal, well, these soon-to-be illegal immigrants into the America, uh, these migrants with cartel organizations. Um, this is an entirely organized um, uh, program 
um, that we're paying for, but no one voted for. Um, and that's really the outrage. And it was really eye-opening, infuriating, troubling, alarming to see it up close the way that I did. And, and, and last thing I'm going to tell you is I went into the soft shelter and there were many children and I was able to talk to them. And, um, you know, so at, the, at the risk of sounding like Barack Obama, some of them look like my own kids. And, um, I, I was heartbroken. Um, I wanted to hug them and guess what the hardest part for me, I can't hug them because there are so many communicable diseases coming across. They had just had a, a measles outbreak in the shelter. So they had warned me not to touch anyone. Um, but, but, but the, the children are traumatized teenage boy from Guatemala. He's completely alone. His little lip was quivering um, because he, it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, every night since I've left, I've been praying for him um, because he looked terrified. And God knows what happened to him. We talk a lot about the rapes um, and, and the trauma that women and children go through. The boys go through it, too. Many of the boys are sexually assaulted coming across the border as well. So this, this is just it's hard to believe that we are complicit in this. Um, I have more reports coming um, this weekend on Fox and Friends. I encourage you to watch. Um, we have more reports um, from that trip. So fascinating trip. Thank you, Fox and Friends, for sending me down there. It was um, it was super informative, and it's really good for us to know what's going on and be able to transmit it to the American people who, who I, I don't think are aware at all of what's happening. Yeah. All right. So let's get to you. Um, there are several TikTok trends that I find fascinating. So there's one that went absolutely viral this week, and it is of these very attractive, young, um, they kind of look like sorority girls having fun. I loved it. They're dancing. Um, the interesting thing is they're, they're all can dancing. We, can we play the video, or is that not? Yeah, let's play the video. Let's play that video. All right, so what you see there is a bunch of girls dancing. They're holding, they're all holding Stanley Cup. So I think that's what was one of the things, you know, as you know, the Stanley Cup, we've, we've talked about it on this podcast. Um, this, this cup has become like the trendiest thing for, for moms and young women and even, you know, young kids to own a very expensive, like imagine it like a, a hard, big gulp cup. It's huge. And yeah. it's very inconvenient. Not sure why it's so popular. Um, we've tried to dissect that a little bit. So these women are all these young women. They look like sorority girls. They're all dancing. They're all, you know, pretty attractive, having fun. And somebody posted why, uh, and people wonder why Western, what was it? What, would it, what did it say? Vita? Why Western men don't like Western women or what is yeah, it? it was, it was, it was, it was some sort of critique on Western, Western women. women. Yes. And your thoughts? Well, the response from the internet has been like, at least from the red pill community from conservative Twitter has been very negative that, you know, these, these girls are, 
are dancing to provocative music because I guess the song sounds, that sounds so puritan. Amina. Okay, I'm not. I didn't say that. This is what I'm, I'm yeah. telling you. What other people? Are I know. Saying. I think that's so dumb. Okay. It looks like they're having fun. The song was about pole dancing. I will say that. Okay, but, fair enough. <laughs> but but so they were so they were dancing to a song about pole dancing. Um, they were sort of. I'm so old. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. They, they. The other critiques was that they were thrusting and that their dancing was sexually suggestive. Um, that's not. That wasn't the issue. That That's a I, lot of comments about the cup. That yeah, they're like a lot. So right. So I'm gonna talk about the cup. So my, so my take was not a, a Puritan take about them being sexually, you know, it, uh, suggestive or whatever. I don't. I don't. I I didn't find that to be very. I didn't find it to be very. Um, you know, they looked like they were having a lot of fun. Like normal girls. What was interesting to me is if you if you look one, they're all wearing the Stanley Cup. Two, they're all dressing the same three yeah. i don't find that that music is real like it's not that i thought it was inappropriate music i just don't like that type of music and i find it hard to imagine that all of these girls love you know really kind of gross rap and like music like some people like that but that everybody likes that i find so my critique is that i think this video really symbolizes the uniformity in young mm -hmm. women, that young women today, and this is because of mass, you know, formation in public schools and because of um, social media creating a sort of a, a, a very uniform culture that they they dress, they, they act, they shop, um, they dance, they Identical. listen to music, yeah, and they vote all the same. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating for a lot of young men Young men are very frustrated with young women. Um, they're becoming much more red pilled. Um, the men are. Yeah. Yes. And it's and it's frustrating for people that really care about our country because young uh, unmarried women are one of the most dependable voting blocks for Democrats. Um, and you know that they're voting this way because um, on social media, if you are if you go against say. Uh, abortion or you or you don't vote for Joe Biden or anything um, the left uses buzzwords that are very uh, impactful on women they call you a bigot they call you a homophobe they call you racist um, and women don't want to be seen as mean and they're much more women have much more agreeable personalities than men do frankly so so there's something that's kind of biological about this there's also something that's much more social and that we've become a much more uniform society in the age of social media and a lot of people are frustrated with this demographic in the country, young unmarried women, um, because they're doing a lot of really negative things. And so that was, I think, my sort of negative visceral reaction to this is this, the uniform dancing, cool, the uniform shopping is, is also um, the uniform destruction of our country. We'll be back with much more after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. 
And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. I, when I first saw it, I, I thought they were just having fun. And, but I did understand like that a lot of young women are very susceptible to trends mm-hmm. and to fitting in. Social media has had this interesting impact. I mean, I think I first experienced it was like really taken by it during BLM, um, during yes. the riot, the 2020 the riots. Squares. So young people were encouraged to put a black square saying that they support Black Lives Matters. Now, Black Lives Matters is a an overtly, unapologetically Marxist organization um, that kind of hates white people. Um, I, I don't even say kind of, they do. And that's kind of part of their whole thing. And um, it's also very anti-family. The stated goal is to disrupt the nuclear family. Disrupt the nuclear family. And it is, uh, and, they, and, and they have been overtly use violent language towards the cops, right? That's sort of been their thing. They would, would do protests where they would call, you know, they had a chant where they called the cops pigs, um, very anti-law enforcement. Now, if you didn't have a black square up at that time, people would say, you're a racist. You would get socially ostracized. There would be like a beehive effect of people jumping on your account and saying, what, are you a racist? Why don't you have a black square up? So everyone just went like, fine, I'll just put the black square up. Yeah. And so people started showing support for something that I don't think they really understood. They might have said, I don't like what George Floyd, you know, I, I, I don't like that George Floyd died in that manner. They, a lot of people felt that way. But that didn't didn't necessarily mean, meant, mean that they were 100% behind a black Marxist liberation movement like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So... That was the first time I saw, you know, suburban white girls running to put up their black. And, and it wasn't just like at the collegiate letter. Do you remember there was a famous um, the legging, the little lemon legging girl? No, I was thinking about Meghan Markle's friend. She, M- Meghan Markle had a friend who was a Canadian who had some like. I, I don't know, some don't business know. and she didn't put up a black square and that caused tension between her and Meghan Markle. I mean, there were just all kinds so of silly. like crazy, like everyone was virtue signaling, trying to prove they weren't a racist and, and this trend of the black. And then, and then we saw Ukraine happen in it. And then you had to have a Ukraine flag and it's sort of like this fitting in thing um, became a big deal. Here's what Evita wrote on Twitter. She said, Gen, Gen Z women are dangerously susceptible to the latest thing. They dance, dress, shop, worst of all, vote the same. Public education and nonstop social media killed every free or interesting thought that entered their minds. Forget China. This is what's destroying America. Um, the, the reason that I, I, I think, I mean, I, you know how I feel about China. You better, you better, you better explain why you think it's worse than China. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think, I think even our founding fathers believe that. I mean, the only way, I think it was a, a Lincoln quote that the only way, you know, America is going to be destroyed is from within. It's from within. Right. Correct. So that's, that's well, just so you know, the Chinese are within the gates now. We have an 800% increase of Chinese over the Southern border. So I'm not trying to downgrade, to downgrade, to downgrade China, but I, but I, but I will, <laughs> the threat of China, but, but, um, you know, I, I do think that women are 
much more susceptible to wanting to fit in than men, right? Yeah. We, we have agreeable personalities, but um, I think that it's gotten much worse in recent years. Um, and I, I think you want a society of free thinkers. You want a society where a little girl can pursue her interests and her passions and start to think freely because then when when the conformity confronts them, right, and they feel pressure um, to to join the crowd, um, they can they can resist because they sort of grew up um, in a in in, a, in an environment that um, rewarded free thinking, uh, and it's especially important for women because they're so susceptible. So that's why I actually think some of the some of the most some of the smartest women that I know are not. It's not because of their IQ. Uh, homeschool girls. And it's just because I think that they were removed from the cliques, from 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 regular school, and the from the, the group thing, from the pre- yeah, from the group think and the pressure um, to to just yeah, right, join the group to to assimilate into whatever culture they were, you know, surrounded by. Um, That's a great point. So I so yeah, so I think all of this has gotten worse in the age of social, of social media. media. Yeah. And it is having a very, very negative impact on our culture. If you look at an electoral map, um, and, the, and I'm not saying women shouldn't vote, so it's not saying that, but but if you do look at an electoral map, um, and if only women voted, uh, it would go in a very blue, in a very bad direction, I think, because they are afraid of being called bigots and being socially ostracized by those who appear to be, um, you know, caring and uh sensitive to the vulnerable right that's these are the this, the language that leftists use um to to uh social control for social control is is it women are are hyper i think sensitive yeah. to that i think it's i mean i do think it's a little more dynamic i think we're also seeing a lot of women becoming childless and, and not having a spouse and so i think the idea of a, of a larger safety net is, and and government you know help becomes more attractive. So I think, I, I think I'm not discounting your point, I, but I do think there's a lot of other yeah, dynamics sure, of adding course. to that. Um, I will say this as we, as we close this out, I'm going to bring it back to the Chinese, um, because Chinese run TikTok. And I do think that TikTok, um, and just social media in general, I, I, I don't like to pick on just TikTok because I don't think Instagram is having any less of an impact all that. than TikTok is, but I do think TikTok, um, they and, and they're able to alter algorithms in TikTok, TikTok to benefit Chinese narratives. And, and that, that thing is definitely happening. Um, but it's happening on Instagram as well. But that, the, my point is that I do believe the fact that China is limiting um, social media access to their young people. Um, and, and we are basically raising generations addicted to it. The Chinese understand this perfectly well what they're doing that they are dumbing down society that they are rewiring the brains of americans to become social conformers versus independent thinkers which has always been the strength of america and so i i look at this trend and i hate to read too much into these poor beautiful girls just having fun um as they're dancing on this tiktok video but I believe that until we really get real about how our brains are being rewired through social media and how conformity is exploding and eroding um, what it fundamentally means to be an American and and that kind of independent free spirit that don't tread on me, um, that, um, you know, give me liberty, give me death mentality. I mean, look at the girls. The girls in college were the ones who were 
forcing the mask mandates, who yeah, are they're the pressuring for the vaccines. Yeah. They they were the ones who were te- actually terrorizing the rest of the students. They were the ones that we had. We had, a, we had a communist reporting system during COVID. The people that were reporting teachers and, and, and students for they're violating COVID, they're all women, right? Yeah. So this is this has very re- a real world impact on everybody in society. Yeah, I mean, you, but you can go back into history. Um, there's a lot of examples of even in in, in very tyrannical um, governments that women were a tool of enforcement. And yes. that's sort of, there's a biology behind it. Um, Read George Orwell's 1984. Exactly. He talks about it. He does talk about it. Okay, so let's go to um, another uh, TikTok trend. That is the oil rig TikTok trend. So why don't you lay out what the oil rig TikTok trend is? Yeah, well, so first I think we should we should start by playing a video. Is that possible? Sure. Let's play that. Round of layoffs. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a company called ExxonMobil? Well, sure. Okay, so they have this like six-week apprenticeship um, in Texas on an oil rig. They're paying like 180 for the six weeks. And I interviewed... What do you mean, 180? $180,000 for the six weeks. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yeah. What are you laughing at? $180,000 for six weeks of work. On an oil rig. And it's like an apprenticeship. Read it. <laughs> You're not going to go on an oil rig. <laughs> Why not? Oh, you're crazy. It's like for the welding, like to learn welding skills. <laughs> Rita, come on, man. So th- so basically, all of these young women on TikTok have been pranking their dads and their brothers to say, we're going to be underwater welders and, and saying, we've accepted this apprenticeship and it pays really well. And obviously, the dads and the brothers, like on an oil rig, be the welder that goes down below the most dangerous work ever. Right. <laughs> and so the... The men are like, you you can't do that job. Like the dads, the dads are like, yeah, what? and the brothers are like, the, you're, you'll die, or you physically can't do it, or I mean, you have no idea. The type of men that do this are the most rugged, uh, manly men out there. Like you, honey, was don't do movie, that. Wasn't there a movie about yes, this? So, with Mark yeah, he, he. I think it was uh, Deepwater Horizon. Oh yeah, it was so good. So he and that that was about a real a real explosion that happened at an oil rig. Do you know what happened? So I got sent out on an oil rig um, thing with, with Fox and friends. I had to take a helicopter deep into the Gulf yeah. of Mexico. And I had to do like underwater training in case my helicopter crashed okay. to see if I could undo it. And it was like, I, it was really hard. But anyway, I went out to this oil rig, but before, before I left for some, like coincidentally, not on purpose, the, Sean, because I I go to I go to work on I went to work on Sunday and then I left from there to the oil rig. Yeah. And a lot of times um, they'll watch a movie, you know, have a movie night. Well, the the movie night that he picked randomly, not even thinking about it, was was that. deep. Yeah. And so all the kids were so worried I was going to die at the oil rig. <laughs> um. So it was kind of funny, but yeah, it's very dangerous working. When I went out to the oil rig, Evita, it is fascinating the technology but also these men have to live out on these oil rigs for weeks at a time it's fascinating it's really hard work i think so totally. I, 
um, they actually, so oil, being on an offshore oil rig is, is, is a super dangerous job. They say that it's actually even more deadly than the numbers um, are, are reporting because people can get hurt and then they die after and then they don't yes. report it as an oil rig mm-hmm. death. Um, underwater welders specifically have a 15% fatality rate. Wow. That's a, that's a really big number um, yeah. for, for a job. It's considered probably the deadliest job that you can have in the States. So um, why is this trend so... Like, why has this gone viral? Why, why, why is it so yeah, interesting so to scare your dad and tell him you're going to become so an oil what, rig? So what's funny about yeah. it is the girls don't think that they'd ever, they couldn't imagine themselves in an oil rig, and the dads can't, which is why it's funny to think of these girls with their nail polish and their, you know, white-collar jobs trying to be, you know, oil rig workers. It just wouldn't happen, which is why it's funny. But what I think is interesting about this trend... There were some women on the oil rig, but they were not doing the welding. Right. So, so, yeah, so the, the, um, so the numbers is actually 3% of women... Uh, work on offshore oil rigs. I have to imagine that the number of underwater welders um, is probably close to zero, if, yeah, if any. I, imagine. Um, I don't. I don't. But if there's only if there's three percent on the rig doing the actual underwater welding, I have to imagine is much less. Um, so I think that this trend is interesting because this demographic of women who are joking about being underwater welders, mm-hmm. right? Who are also making videos reacting to actual underwater welding or just oil breaking in general and being just in awe of the work men do are the demographic of women who do not appreciate men. Mm. And we talked about it in the, the, um, actually, I don't know if I talked about it in the Sarah Hill podcast, but there is a video going viral where they Sarah ask Hill's coming out later, by oh, the coming way. out later, get ready. Everyone okay. <laughs> just did an amazing interview with Sarah Hill. This is a deep tease. Sarah Hill, who, um, did a book called, uh, what is it? Oh, this is your brain on birth control. That's coming up later. We'll talk about that later. Right. So I, and I did actually talk about it with Sarah Hill, but there was this video that went viral of all these young girls. Um, and it must've been, you know, outside of several clubs, you know, one of those streets. And so mm-hmm. they're all kind of out at night and this guy's walking around with the microphone asking, do we need men? Do women need men? And the answer was no, we don't. But this, but how would we procreate the race? That's one thing. This is is part of toxic feminism, right? Is the idea that we're girl bosses, we don't need men. Well, okay, let's take aside fertility. Let's look at what the underwater welders do, right? They, Mm. they are, I mean, and, or just oil rig workers in general. What they do is provide the rest of us with the power to heat our homes, to drive our vehicles, to 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 trade globally, to literally Mm. build cities. I mean, Mm -hmm. like everything that you, every amenity that you enjoy in your life, you can somehow trace it back to that. Um, And And it's very dangerous work. Very dangerous work. And women, it's not just that women physically can't do it. What, what it really is, is women won't do those jobs. They don't, yeah. want, they don't want to do those jobs. Be living in huts. <laughs> so we do need men. With, with fire. Right. If we didn't have these oil rigs well, and, and these not, men going out and doing this work. And it's not just oil working, right? Mm. I mean, there's forestry, um, uh, construction, trucking, all of these sort of these jobs that are super necessary. Dirty jobs. Right. To, to building and sustaining the civilization are dominated by men, not because women are not allowed, we're not gatekeeping women out of these jobs, it's that they don't want to do them. Yeah. And so I think what this trend is, is an opportunity for women to start appreciating men. Um, there's, there's a perception that it, we don't it, But was them. it picked up, did, when it went viral, and you see all the comments on it, were, were people, were people, is that the takeaway that people had, or, or not? Well, I think there was a takeaway that, you know, it's impressive what underwater welders do. Yeah. But I think the, the macro take, which is 
men actually do contribute something that's really important to society and we yeah. should actually start appreciating the physical strength and stamina that men have that was not actually taken away from this trend at least what i've seen and that's why i wrote, I wrote a piece about it it's in the federalist right now um it says a message to all of the the, the TikTok girls pretending to be underwater welders start appreciating men um i think that is a takeaway from this trend and it's a i think it's a good starting place to healing decades of turmoil between the sexes to say, actually, you know what? We do need men and we appreciate what you do. Men actually want that. We, we've talked about that. Yeah. Men really want to they want female approval and appreciation for sure. Yeah. Men do, do absolutely need that. You know, I, I think it's a, I think again, this is the kind of stuff that I love that you bring up because it's, it seems like a trivial, just a, just a prank, a daughter, you know, dad prank. Yeah. But there's a lot of, a lot of deep meaning in it. I, I posted, I found a video, I saw it online, saw a video of a guy, he was on one of these giant skyscrapers, probably in either Chicago or New York City. And, you know, when they're building out, you know, there are these beams that they have to walk out on. Yeah. And yeah, they're hooked up to a, uh, to uh, some sort of dangerous. Yeah, I would never. I would have so much anxiety. I'm afraid of heights. So I, I literally watched the guy. He was supposed to go do something at the end of this beam, and his buddies were recording him, obviously, as he was going out. And he went over these beams. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how high up this was. And he he went. He did it. He came back, and when he came back, he he did like a you know, oh, like he made some sort of hand gesture, like yeah, I got this. And his buddies cheered him, and he came back, and I posted the video, and all I said in my tweet was, "Let's hear it for the boys," because there is no amount of money you could pay me to do that. You know? It is frightening work. Even if he lost, even if he had the 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 trauma of having fallen from that, I mean, it is unbelievable. And every single building in New York City. Um, and Chicago and LA and across the world, um, Dubai, um, all of those are built by men. They're built yeah. by men who are willing to do what that guy did in order for us to have the life that we live. And listen, I, I'm the first one to talk about, like, I, I have a lot of feelings about, you know, men who have babies who act like they're just like us. Cause I feel like it's stolen valor, but I'm going to just be honest. Yeah. Um, no, you're not just like us. Having a baby, carrying a baby is um, an amazing experience. And you don't know what that's like. But I also don't know what it's like to do the, that kind of dangerous work. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. All right, last topic, Evita. Yeah. 
Um, this is really fascinating. <laughs> so Princess Kate Middleton uh, had a stomach issue and she had to get surgery. Just saying some people, you know, Ozempic causes um, stomach paralysis. We does, don't know. Does it actually? Yeah, it absolutely does. Some people have speculated it could be Ozempic. She's well, what awfully skinny. What does stomach paralysis cause you to have a surgery? I imagine you may need to. I don't know. I don't know what it does. Okay. Um, Just but, we know it causes stomach issues. Yeah, yeah. it does. But I, I'm not saying that's it. I'm saying people are speculating that that could be it. She's very thin. Um, but but whatever. She had a surgery. Mm-hmm. The surgery was before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. And she has not been seen in public since. Now, um, one of Prince William's, his godfather, a very young man, probably in his 40s, um, I can't remember his name, he died suddenly, which people are speculating could have been the vaccine. We don't know. We know all these royals love the vaccine. Um, Nobody knows why, but it was, nobody has explained why he died. In any case, Prince William was supposed to speak at this funeral, attend this funeral and give a speech. Last minute, he backed out. And so he's been seen in public, but it's very strange to back out of your own uh, godfather's godfather's funeral at the last minute. And he quoted personal reasons. So we don't know what's going on. In the meantime, um, since Kate had her surgery, um, everyone knows that King Charles um, had prostate cancer. And so he's been um, under, um, you know, medical care and unable yeah. to perform his duties. And so a lot of the royal duties have now been laid on Camilla. Well, Camilla doesn't have the same level star of power. interest and star power. Yeah. So it's been falling on William. And some people have said, well, look, you know, King Charles, when he became king, even before he became king, said, when I am going to be king, I want a slimmed down monarchy monarchy. And that was his sort of tip to the British people to say, see, I care about the finances. I'm not going to be a spend, you know, a spending a lot of money. I'm going to be frugal. I'm going to have this slim down, you know, thing. And, and that was also part of the so excuse. He sort of pushed out some of his siblings he and pushed cousins. Out siblings, and, cousins, yeah. exactly. And also was part of the excuse of being able to get rid of, of Harry and, 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 um, and Andrew. Well, Andrew Epstein with his problems. Yeah, yep. Andrew had Epstein problems, so he could say, "Slim down, get rid of him. He's yep. bad. He's bad press. He's bad PR." But also, um, Meghan Markle and Harry were so destructive to sort of the and family he actually, unity. He actually really recently stripped them of their title and gave it to somebody else. So that um, the Sussex title, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So that's gone from them. So they're pushed out. Well, now they have the slim down monarchy. But like everyone's sick, so that's been a you know, or it, you know, well, can't be seen. So William is under a lot of pressure to do a lot of stuff. But now everyone's now focused on why is Princess um, Kate nowhere to be seen, right. and it's they're calling her the vanishing princess. The you know, no one knows where she's at, and now rumors are starting to fly. Um, if you to break down what some of the rumors are. Oh, I mean, the, one of the funny rumors is that she's, she's getting a BBL. So she's getting a Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> and that, She could use one. I'm, I'm, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. She has no ass. Um, so I'm down. If that's what she's doing, 
I'm in favor. She's a skinny queen. Well, the, so the, the healing timeline, I guess, matches up with the BBL. So that's what, <laughs> that's what they're saying. Because they, they said that she'd be back by, by Easter is what they've said now, I, I believe. Does it take that long to... Yeah, the recovery is a long time. For, for a, a butt lift? For a butt lift, yeah. So, yeah. so well, that's what we check her backside. You know, when she got married, um, her sister Pippa famously, like, the entire, like tabloid was focused on her butt. Did you know that? No, I, I was too little you when they got too married. Young. By the way, I you were you were little, and I don't know if you remember, I got you up early, and I made you scones, yes, and we had tea. We did, a, we did a, like a royal wedding thing. We did a royal yeah. breakfast that day. Um, I, I, had, I actually do remember that. I had strawberries, I made scones, and we had tea, and we all got up to watch the royal wedding. And, um, but Pippa's, you know, Kate's sister is Pippa, and she was sort of the, the maid of honor, and she wore this silk dress that, you know, really highlighted her hurt, okay. um, peachy bottom. And, um, by the way, she's lost some of the volume of that bottom um, because she's become like a real exercise freak oh, has she? since then. Yeah, and I just saw some pictures of her at the Caribbean. She may be needing a butt lift, too. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. But, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this Olympic thing, all this, like, hyper... I look, I get... Yeah, I don't, like I don't work out enough, but the, the Kardashian butts are out now. And, I know. And maybe... Why can't we find a happy lady? Maybe back heroin chic again? I don't know. I'm telling you, I saw the pictures of Pippa's butt at the... Um, <laughs> in the Caribbean with her husband recently and she has no butt at all. Um, so I don't know what's happening, but she was famous for her butt. So anyway, I don't think it's the butt. The other thing that people are speculating is that there is tension this is between what... William and, uh, and Kate and that there has been in the past. So there are rumors that Will and Kate have marital issues, specifically that Will, William is cheating, has been for a long time cheating on Kate. Some of these are negative rumors that could potentially be, come from actually Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle <laughs> friends to make them look like they don't have a good marriage that then Harry and Meghan look good in comparison. Which um, is true. If that was true, it would actually make Harry and Meghan look better because for all their faults, they do seem to really love each other. Right. Well, there are rumors that they're they're having marriage problems too. I saw I remember this. that whole. You know what? And this they is, seem like a, they seem like a team. So there is a there is a point here an about evil team. <laughs> an evil team. There is a point about how there's there's been a lot. People who have parents who are divorced are much more likely to get divorced themselves. Mm. Um, and so we can't discount the trauma that William went through with his dad's very tumultuous publicly volatile relationship with Diana and how that's affected him now. And we, we, we don't, are these rumors true? Does he cheat on Kate? We don't know. But the reason why it's interesting is if it is true, could Kate potentially be, um, you know, hiding out saying, I'm not coming out until these changes. Or I'm going to, or I'm going to do a really public divorce, or maybe I'm going to publicly do what your mom did. I'm going to do a tell all, you know, interview, mm. if, if, you know, like if you don't, you know, change your words, who knows what's happening behind the scenes. But the rumor is that it's actually not a health issue. That's, that's a front. Well, that's, because he said personal reasons for leaving that, not being part of that funeral when he packed out. Right. He so, didn't say medical reasons. I need to go see my wife who's still, you know, having a hard time recovering. He said personal reasons. And maybe she did have a stomach surgery, but now she's not coming back into public life because there's other things happening behind the scenes. Um, a lot of things can be true at once. So yeah, that's, that's fair. That's so we, fair. so we don't know. Um, I will say it will be, it will be really sad if, if that's the case because they have such a cute family um, and they've sort of been the, the shining beacon, you know, Charles is a disaster. He's a poster boy for the WEF. He cheated on Diana and got with the mistress. I mean, he is 
a negative force in that family, in my view, um, mostly because I think that he is he's destroying his own country and and impoverishing them with neo-colonialism. So and, and that neo yeah, that, yeah. Um, neo uh, yeah it is neo-colonialism. Neo no neo-serfdom. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah, but that's what climate change is doing, and he is with sort of the poster boy of that. He is. Um, and then you know Harry and Meghan are negative for their reasons. Mm -hmm. um, you have Prince Andrew being associated with Jeffrey Epstein and child sex trafficking and abuse. So they have a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Will and Kate have been the symbol of stability and love in that family. Yeah. And if it, if it's and normalcy, right? And normalcy, right? And if it's true that they're having marital problems in that case behind the scenes, potentially brokering a divorce or something else, um, that would be really bad for the royal family. And I, I think we talk about it a lot, but with the death of, of Queen Elizabeth, it could mean, you know, the end to the legitimacy in Britain, I think, um, if, 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 if that happens. I, I think right, it no, really, I really has massive implications, which is why I think it... So, so first of all, I was initially discounting the cheating rumors. Um, I had heard that in the past, you know, that there might have been early in their marriage something... I, I kind of discounted it and I discounted it here. I don't. Except, I don't just because of the, the his, his, his family history and how right. that impacts him. But uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. In this case, I initially discounted it. And then I went back and thought, oh, it could be true. And the reason is because the royal family is, it, the way they manage their PR is, and those of you who follow the royal family know this is true. They plant stories. Um, they push stories out that they want the public to to believe um, through their through through different um, uh, journalists that are friendly to them. In fact, they even do it in camps. So, like, there's Camp Harry, and he has his trusted journalists sources. and sources. He pushes stuff out too. And this all started with Princess Diana and Charles. They had very separate camps, and they were pushing out stories to hurt each other. Yep. And then that continued on, and it's one of the things that Harry complained about when he said, I wanted it, I want to separate from this toxic family. It was very family. prominent in his book. Right, it was, that weighed very prominently in his book, exactly, that he did not like this. Now, a story that got pushed out just recently, like in the last week or two, is how, how Princess Kate helped Prince William see only her and not other women or something to that effect. It was basically like he was a he was a ladies man, how she tamed him is essentially and now he only Ooh. sees Kate. And I thought, that's weird. Why is that coming out now? Like like I've been married, you know, 25 years. Yeah. A story about, like, how Sean used to be, uh, you know, ha have lots of girlfriends and how I tamed him, you know, this many years later and this many kids later is a weird story. It doesn't make sense. Why was that pushed out? It seems to me either they're seeing rumors or there's something there. And I will say this, Evita, there's two sides to look at how Princess Kate is. Let's assume for a second that there was an affair or, or, or some sort of marital problem between Princess Kate and William. Yeah. The amount of power that Princess Kate wields in this situation is Immense. astonishing. Yes. Like you said, if she, if she turns this into a princess die moment and does a tell-all, I think the monarchy doesn't survive. On the other hand, what I don't think, what I think she has that Meghan Markle, and this has always been a thing that I've talked about, what Princess Kate has that Meghan Markle doesn't have is that Princess Kate is a Brit, and she has a sense of duty. 
um, and, and patriotism and pride in the monarchy just by nature of being a Brit yeah. that Princess, uh, Princess, um, uh, Meghan Markle never had. And I've always taught, I, 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 at the risk of in any way comparing myself to any of these people um, and my experience, but I was a political spouse um, for 10 years. And I can tell you, it's a lot of work with a lot less perks than those ladies got. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that. It's not as glamorous it's as not as glamorous. <laughs> being the first lady of the seventh district of Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but it requires a lot of sacrifice and it requires you to, to do a lot of things that are very difficult and you can't complain about it. That, that's probably the same thing there. You cannot complain about how hard it is because yeah. people who are suffering and, and dealing with a lot of other issues don't want to hear about how hard it is to be the first lady or the, or the, uh, the, the, the princess or whatever. And so you sort of suffer internally with all of sure. your struggles. Sure. And, but you know, when Meghan Markle went over there, I said to, I remember saying to some fellow congressional spouse friends of mine, man, this is going to be hard because what we do, and I was talking to con fellow congressional spouses, we do out of patriotism. We feel like we are also serving when we're home, taking care of the kids, making sure everything gets done, dragging our kids to events, making sure their faces are clean and their shoes are tied and doing all the things that we have to do to help our husbands do what they do. We do it out of patriotism. I literally believe that when Sean left Congress, he was not the only person who retired from Congress. This entire family retired from Congress. All, every single one of us, all the way down to Valentina, paid a service um, to our country because that's what it takes. It takes an entire family to sacrifice for the sake of the husband. And it's not, there's no financial, you know, bonanza. Um, both Sean and I make more money out of Congress than we did, you know, when he was in Congress. You do it because you think you're doing the right thing for the country and you're serving. Meghan Markle doesn't have that British patriotism, that British sense of duty that Princess Kate has. And I can, you can imagine being a commoner and now next in line to be queen. This is not something she will take lightly either. And, you know, Princess yeah. Di was, Evita, you know, she was a blue blood, yeah. um, you know, distant, but a blue blood. Princess Kate was a commoner who now looks more regal than flipping Camilla. Right. Well, it's possible that, you know, she, she's dealt with a lot over a lot of, over a lot of years. Right. Yeah. And that patriotism drove her to stay because, because right. She had a lot of pride in her country or whatever, but, um, it could be now that she's had enough. And I think, you know, if, if he is and this, these are rumors, right. We don't know if this is true or not. And I'm not, I'm yeah, not saying we're just it. speculating here, just speculating. We're speculating here with the British tabloids. Right. <laughs> if it is true that he, that he was serially cheating on her and has been, um, you know, you also have your dignity, um, and to say, yeah. you know, I, I do a lot for our family, for our country. I'm holding us together as we're dealing with your sick dad and, you know, the dying grandmother and, and your annoying and, brother. And your brother and his crazy wife. And so she says, you know, I deserve some respect. Um, and I'm not going to I'm not going to move forward on, with this if you're going to disrespect me in that way. If you're going to be sleeping around with other women, I'm the future queen of England. I'm not going to take that. And I've, I frankly, if that's the case, we don't know if that's the case. If that's the case, if that's what's happening behind the scenes right now, um, I respect her for that. I think that she deserves somebody who 
treats her well enough and understands her role enough to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the respect to not cheat on you, to not let these rumors fly around in royal circles um, because you have sacrificed so much for my family and for your country. Um, I, so if that's the case, fully support Princess Kate um, and getting her dignity back. And also, I even I, I respect her even more for doing it behind the scenes. Um, yeah. and, I, mean, I mean, Diana was, was I have a lot of sympathy for Diana. I mean, she married Charles as a, I mean, she was 19 years old, I believe. I mean, she's yeah, like she very, very young. She didn't know what she was getting into, but she was very public um, and she was very ruthless. And from- she, she went ruthless. She went, she went that route when she realized she could not fight the system. She right. had no other out. Well, but I, so I, so I, I, I think that's, I think that's partly true. I think she, she went, she went kind of nuclear um, at one point, and then the queen said, "Okay, you have to separate." But I think she sort of wanted to put her 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 side of the story out into the press um, in a very public and negative way while maintaining her marriage to Charles. I think that there was a little bit of an expectation of that until the queen said, you guys have to separate. Because she never wanted to divorce. Charles wanted a divorce since day one. He wanted to be with Camilla. Because <laughs> he right? wanted to be with Camilla. Well, and there was other girls in his life too. Some people don't know that, but he had other, but but the point is that um, just- Camilla obs- is the love of his life. Let's, let's make no mistake. Just observationally, Princess Kate, if that is happening behind the scenes, it's, it's much more internal than anything Diana has ever done. And so I have a lot of respect for her and doing it class, classes like that too. Because the other thing is, imagine your kids. Imagine yeah. everybody at school knows about it. Her kids are getting to the age where their friends yes. would know. Um, yes. And so to, to be internal about things is, I think, a very respectful thing to do for, for herself. But her also, Vida, remember, the Princess Charlotte and King Louis, or Prince Louis, all these kids are also in line to become kings and queens um and so um that maternal like uh, that's what i think i think it's patriotism but also when your own child is in line to inherit yeah you know the benefits of the system you also want to protect them from that i mean you even saw with Meghan markle and with prince harry you know they were like mad at the royal family but they were like but make sure that our kids have titles. titles. Like they yeah. want it. They've been yeah. fighting for these titles yeah. because there's a there's a a maternal instinct that comes like my kids too. So um, I yeah. think finally before we go because I think it's also interesting. Her parents are very normal people. Kate's parents. Yeah. And so Kate will have a support system that I think. Um, Diana, Diana did not, did not she, have. She didn't. I think her mom was dead. I think her dad was kind of abusive growing up. I, she did not have a family. Correct. She did not. She was kind of on her own, and the way she handled it, and the and the and the the chaotic way it went, and the way she, you know, depended and trusted on journalists and boyfriends, and the whole thing just got chaotic. Princess Kate is a solid person with a solid normal family of people who are not just you know come from a middle class sensibility, but are entrepreneurs who work their way are very smart people, and they are going to be a a a sounding board and a foundation that she can depend on through this and think through this because if this is a marital issue, she wields a lot of power. There are massive consequences for herself, for her children, and for the entire legacy and future of the British monarchy. And so a lot is at stake. Let's pray that's not what it is, but I think we've broken down as well as we could um, 
if it is, what the consequences are. So great conversation, Evita. Thank you for joining me on Q&A, um, this Friday edition. And um, we hope that all of you will join us again next week. We have some amazing interviews coming up. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. Uh, make sure that you download, figure out where you can get this podcast. Subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll get alerts. You can go through our library and find all the other topics that you like and go back and listen to those. Um, thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.